Hello, this is Super Informed Radio, the official Uni Super podcast. I'm Lyndon, and this is our monthly investment market podcast. Now, as usual, with me is economist and investment manager from our investment team, David Colosimo, to give you the lowdown on last month and look ahead to June. Not quite sure how it's June already, David, but welcome back. Thanks, Lyndon. Good to be back. Uh, Back to May for a minute, though. David, let's start there. We did hear a lot about the US debt ceiling during May. So how about we start with US politics? Yeah, the debt ceiling certainly featured very heavily in May. The US has this really peculiar system. So they need to obviously agree to policy changes in Congress. But then they're quite unique in that they also need to agree to the debt that they need to take on to pay for those policies. And every few years, there's this process of negotiation between the Republicans and the Democrats to lift what they refer to as the debt ceiling. So we get a lot of noise and political brinkmanship in the headlines while that's happening, but it's the sort of thing that always gets resolved in the end. And so markets are usually pretty happy to look through it, which of course is fine until the day that negotiations might actually fail and the US might actually default on its obligations. But thankfully, on this occasion, the senior leaders of the Democrats and Republicans have reached an agreement. Um, Now, that still does need to get through Congress, so it's not quite finished yet. And it seemed like even though US share markets didn't change much in May, David, it wasn't exactly a quiet month. No, Lyndon. um, Unfortunately, there's no such thing as a quiet month. Uh, US shares were basically flat in May, which doesn't sound too bad, but um, that number really hides some contrasting performances when you look under the hood. The price of most shares actually fell in May. Energy stocks were down more than 10%. Banks were down 4%. um, Even sectors that we consider quite defensive, so healthcare, consumer staples and utilities, um, they were each down 4 to 6%. Now, in contrast, there was a really small number of very large companies that were quite strong in May. Uh, Now, for the past few months, those mega cap growth stocks like Apple and Amazon, they've been doing very well. Uh, That did continue in May, but there was real strength across the entire technology sector, and that was up by more than 9%. So we saw higher prices really only in one sector, Uh, But depending on how you measure it, it's 30 to 40% of the US share market now. And so that was enough to offset the weakness everywhere else. What was driving the interest in those technology stocks, David? Well, I think the overwhelming theme that's been gripping markets this month was AI, artificial intelligence, uh, and ascertaining which companies will benefit the most from the AI boom. NVIDIA is a particularly good example. It's a semiconductor company. Uh, Their processing units have dominant market share in the servers that house AI engines, um, and they reported a 19% jump in quarterly earnings last week, uh, specifically on the back of um, AI demand. So based on what they're already seeing, they actually expect sales to grow another 53% this quarter. So its share price was up 36% in May, uh, and for a very brief moment, it was a $1 trillion company. Um, Advanced Micro Devices was another company that was pretty strong. That was up 32%. Now, even looking beyond those semiconductor companies, uh, cloud computing is also another beneficiary of the AI boom. Uh, And Google and Microsoft were up 14% and 7% respectively. Shares in Australia, David, they weren't quite as strong though, were they? Well, to be fair, we actually saw a similar trend in Australia. Um, The IT index here was up by more than 11% in the month. 
But the Australian tech sector is actually only 2% of our share market. So tech can't save the market here like it can in the US. Our market instead is dominated by resources and banks. And resources were down 4% and banks by 6%. So all in all, our market was down 3% in the month. Now, I'd note that uh, a few Australian banks actually reported early in the month. Uh, and while they delivered record profits, the outlook for their net interest margin, so that's the difference between the interest rates on what they borrow uh, and what they lend, that outlook has really soured and um, this drove share prices lower. Uh, Australian consumer stocks were also quite weak. Um, we've obviously had a lot of rate hikes here in Australia, but consumption's now also shifting back to services and we're buying fewer goods. So the volume of retail sales is actually falling. JB Hi-Fi is a great example here. They actually reported uh, negative same-store sales growth over the year. And the news out of China, David, that was also not that great. Yeah, if you remember, China was the last country to emerge out of COVID lockdowns. Now, it experienced a really strong economic rebound initially as those restrictions were lifted. Um, but that was only for a couple of months, and we're actually starting to see that taper off now. So in the last month or so, we've really seen weaker economic data, particularly in the retail and manufacturing sectors. The data there is starting to disappoint. And this weakness is actually starting to transmit to other countries and companies that rely on China for their growth. And Australian resources companies are a good example there. So Chinese shares were down 6% in May, uh, and there's now an expectation that Chinese policymakers are going to move to easier policy again as soon as this month. Things such as lowering the reserves that banks hold uh, at the central bank. Now, this weakness is actually pretty stark contrast to Japan, which was a standout this month. Japanese shares were up 4%. Now, those shares have been cheap for quite a long time, uh, and we're now starting to see some governance changes aimed at improving returns. Um, we're seeing some increasing takeover activity. So foreign investors, by and large, are becoming very excited about Japan. All right, David, looking at the month ahead as we wrap up the 2023 financial year, um, what do we have to look forward to in June? Well, there's two important things just this week, and both of them will probably actually be resolved by the time many are listening to this podcast. Now, as I mentioned earlier, a deal has been reached to raise the US debt limit, but it still has to pass through both houses of Congress. Now, hopefully that will have happened by the end of this weekend, uh, and then we won't have to worry about it again until 2025. Um, meanwhile, in Australia, on Friday morning, the Fair Work Commission is scheduled to hand down the decision for the annual minimum wage review. Now, this decision impacts about one in seven Australian workers. So RBA Governor Philip Lowe, he's been quite adamant that if there's a wage breakout, that's not going to help the RBA contain inflation pressures. But at the same time, with the cost of living running at 6 to 7%, it's going to be difficult for the Fair Work Commission to justify an increase much below that for Australia's lowest paid workers. And since you mentioned the RBA, David, what are you expecting to see at their meeting this month? Well, the RBA really surprised the market at their last meeting in May uh, when they hiked by a quarter of a percentage point after pausing in April. Now, since then, uh, we've seen activity data continuing to slow, um, but house prices are actually rising again and inflation still remains quite strong. Um, but even given that, I'd still expect them to hold steady at their meeting on June 6th 
as they continue to assess the lagged impact of previous hikes, which are still working through the system. Um, a lot of fixed rate mortgages in Australia that were set at very low interest rates a few years ago, they'll be rolling off in the next few months. So there's going to be a lot of households facing a big jump in their mortgage payments. And we can't leave out the US Federal Reserve, David. Any thoughts there? Well, unlike in Australia, the US economy has been very resilient to higher interest rates. Most mortgages there are fixed for 30 years, so we don't see uh, a big impact from those rate hikes, at least initially. It was only a few weeks ago that markets assumed that US rate hikes were finished, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if they hike by another quarter of a percentage point at their meeting on, uh, on June 14th. There's certainly a lot that can still happen in two weeks. There sure is, David. Well, thank you for joining us and we will catch you in July to kick off the new financial year. Thanks, Lyndon. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you for tuning in and that wraps up this episode. Don't miss out on future episodes of this podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. A quick plug for the Unisuper app, get downloading if you are a Unisuper member. You can check your balance, manage your investments and insurance and all sorts of things. It is your super in your hands. So head to your app store of choice and get downloading today. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great and create a future worth retiring for. So if you'd like more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. Before you make decisions about your super, we recommend you seek financial advice. Also, consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They're available on our website. The past performance of any investment options we discuss isn't indicative of their future performance, and it's worth noting that by talking about certain companies, we aren't endorsing them for inclusion in your personal portfolio.